Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Some of us are taking a, a subject, and mine is uh, on uh, finances. So tonight I'm going to ta- talk about the second thing I heard in church when I, the first thing I heard was get born again, and I did get that. The second week we went was about tithing. And uh, I thought, dear Lord, I'm going to go broke here because I played in the nightclubs. Well, it got born again, so the nightclubs were out. I lost that money. And then the second week we went to church, I heard about tithing. And I thought, Lord, what am I going to do for money? But I found out Lord has a special way for his getting his money to his people. And so I'm going to teach you tonight on what we learned in the beginning. And uh, it was something that uh, really meant everything to us. So many people are lacking in the area of money. And it's all because that maybe you don't know yet exactly how to do this. It's, it's, it's God's word. So tonight, I'm going to start out tonight uh, with the question, what is a tithe? And everybody's got an idea of what a tithe is. Some of you really don't know what a tithe is. And, and we just assume in the church that everybody knows what a tithe is. When, when you get saved, people assume that you know everything. You're in the church and you know everything because you're saved now. But simply stated, a tithe is a tenth of your gross income. A tenth. A tithe is considered an opportunity for you to worship God through obedience to his word by setting aside as holy unto God, the tithe. It simply is what, that's what a tithe is. 10% of your gross income. And in the early Bible days, it went far beyond money because they, they weren't always dealing with money as commerce back in the day. They were dealing with crops, cattle, oxen. So if you had 10 oxen that were born to you, the first one belonged to God. If you had 10 bushels of corn, one bushel belonged to the Lord. So it was a tenth of whatever was taken in of the gross income into your home. And it was holy unto the Lord, and holy unto the Lord means it is set aside. Which means God has exclusive rights over what you set aside. Or it is exclusive for God's use only. God takes this very seriously, folks, about the tithe. The tithe is so holy unto the Lord that if you were to use his tithe, then he wants interest. According to scripture, He wants interest on his money if you use his tithe. God takes it so seriously that when they quit bringing the tithes, God said, they've robbed me. This has nothing to do with who the pastor is. It has nothing to do uh, with the church that you go to. It has nothing to do with where the funds are going. It has all to do as an act of worship between you and the Father God. If somebody is abusing the funds, God's going to deal with them in the church. 
but you will still get your blessing, even some, if somebody else is messing them with the money. Because you did it as holy unto the Lord. Are you with me? But same, the same token, it, it gives me a sense of comfort to be in a ministry where the funds have accountability. Because I prefer to sow into a good ground. I prefer to be led by somebody who have sound principles because the anointing that falls on the head is going to fall all the way down through the congregation. Now please hear me. You're not helping God out when you tithe. Because everything you have, He gave it to you anyway. And if you don't have any money, and I come along and I give you $100 and tell you $10 of that belongs to me. When you give me the $10, don't act like that you have enriched me. Because I gave it to you to start with. So what good, what God is doing in saying give me a tenth is he's teaching us some principles and aligning you in a place where you can be blessed. See, God doesn't need any particular person's money to do anything. One of the ways that God tests our credibility is our accountability with finances. Let me read to you the Word of God here. I'm going to check something here. Leviticus chapter 27, starting with verse 30. One-tenth of the produce of the land, where the grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain of fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. Count off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. Verse 33. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals. You may not substitute one for another, but if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. Are you hearing that? You're not, this thing, you don't have any money, then you come along and, and you get, okay. Let me back up here. God is saying, don't just give me what you don't want. Because giving is about worship, ladies and gentlemen. It gets into your attitude. And if you just give just anything, then that means you really don't care. Yeah. The widow who gave a mite was it, it, it impressed Jesus more than all the rich people giving a lot of money. The mite was all that she had. All that she had. And so percentage-wise, she had outgiven everybody because God does things by percentage. She had given 100% of what she had. See, God looks at what you have and compares what you have to what you give to determine the level of your giving. So for somebody to come to the altar and give $10, it really is a sacrifice, and to somebody, it's an insult. Church, 
When you move toward the altar, the altar is for sacrifice. It really is, and it always has been. They shed blood on the altar, which was painful. So if you give something on the altar that causes no pain and it doesn't challenge your flesh, it's not a sacrifice. So when you give your tithe and offerings, it needs to mean something to you as well as to the Father God. The next question is, why 10%? Why not 5% or 15%? And did you know you can even tithe on what you want to make? God will honor that. That's calling those things that are not as though they were. You can do that. You want more? Increase your giving. This works, church. We have proved this time and time again in our lives. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. According means in proportion to, in harmony with. But 10% is the minimum. Why 10%? Because a tenth is symbolic of a whole. Our new miracle system teaches in groups of 10. In fact, the highest you can ever count is to 10. If you count to 10, you can count to a million. Because a million is just groups of 10. And when you go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, by the time you say 11, you've gone back to 1. So you can count 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you've gone back to 1 again. 21, 22, 23. And when you give the tithe, church, you really are saying, all my money belongs to you, Father God. It just represents, and you're just representing your money with the tithe to the Father. You're really saying, all my money belongs to you, Father. I just, uh, I just represent it with my tithe to you. Because the tithe is symbolic of the whole. And church, this principle is so powerful that you've got born again by this principle. Jesus died for our sins. He rose from the dead on our behalf. And he ascended on high and is seated in heavenly places with the majesty on high, our Father God. He represents the whole body of Christ. Jesus is our tithe. In Romans chapter 6, it says, If I'm buried with him in the likeness of his death, I shall be also raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Ephesians chapter 1 says, He has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians goes on and says, I am accepted in the beloved. So at the point that Jesus got in, I got in also. Because he is the tithe of which I represent the whole. And because I am with him, when the Father accepted him, he accepted me. It's in him I live and move, and in him I have my being. So when you bring your tithe to God, you're saying all of my money is under the umbrella of God's authority and rule. And that's why the enemy can't get to your finances because you brought it under the covenant and the umbrella of the Holy Spirit. So God has got your blessing covered 
And whatever God has for you is for you. Church, when you lift up that tithe to God, you're not just saying that 10% is holy. You're saying the whole thing is holy. God just lets you off with 10%. He says, if you bring the 10%, I'll bless the 90%. Because the 10% represents the 90%. The 90 is in the 10, church. Now, I know some of you all want me to be real spiritual and not say anything about money. But church, 78% of the people who are incarcerated tonight are incarcerated over money. The major cause of divorce in this country is over money. And I'm not talking about being rich. I'm talking about getting a flow. That's why they call it currency. Currency. Now, what is it about the tithe that blesses God? The tithe are the obedience, you might say. You've got the answer already. God is not broke. God says, the silver and the gold is mine. God owns everything, church. And what blesses God is the obedience of His children. And the sacrifice is an expression of love. God doesn't need anything. Seeing as whatever you give God, He's already given you. It is your obedience then that constitutes worship. It's not the amount you gave. In fact, one woman broke an alabaster box, I believe they call it, and began to wash the feet of Jesus. And the alabaster box represented a considerable amount of money. Some scholars say it was a life savings that she had spent on Jesus washing his feet with that. Thank you, Father. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 15. And Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, and I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder, to sacrifice to the Lord, your God of Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or are your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed 
your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. Okay, next question. Saul disobeyed his covenant partner. It doesn't seem fair to pay a tenth on my gross. I didn't have it on my check. Think about this. That's how a lot of people feel when they say, I'm paying 10% of what I actually received. And this is a good question. Gross income means before deductions. Whatever your gross income is, that is your income. It is your income before you buy a house. And when they ask you how much you make a year, you don't give them the net. That's true. You give them the gross. It is your income when you go to buy a car. It is your income when you fill out an application or list your current salary. In fact, the only time we get amnesia is when we tithe. All of a sudden, we're, we're confused. He wasn't confused on any other products. Lord, they don't love me now. Church, giving tithes in the Old Testament, giving tithes on the net is giving God what is left. After we have reverenced the government, the credit union, our savings plan, etc., etc. Nothing about car payment. And when you finally get down to God, now you're going to cut a deal. In Malachi 3.10, listen to this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Put him to the test. In the King James Version, it says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. All. In the New, New International Version, it says, bring the whole tithe. Not a tithe after you've finished something. God said, test me. Put, put the weight of the performance on my side after you have performed. God says, I'm testing you. And after I've tested you, test me. Prove me. Verse 10 again, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God is saying disobedience will close up the gate. The windows of heaven have closed it up. God's not sending the blessing to you, but your blessing is being dammed up. And the moment that you obey him, God said, I'll remove the, the floodgate. And what I sent you 20 years ago will flood over to you. In Malachi, verse 4, Esau's descendants in Edom may say, we have been scattered but we will rebuild the ruins. But the Lord of heaven's armies replied, they may try to rebuild, but I will demolish them again. Their country will be known as the land of wickedness, and their people will be called the people with whom the Lord is forever angry. Wow. God is saying disobedience will close up the gate. 
the windows of heaven. It's not that God's not sending the blessing to you, but your blessing is being dammed up. And the moment you obey God, God said, I'll remove that floodgate. And here it'll come. What I sent you 20 years ago will flood you. Now, in, in um, verse 5, when you see the destruction for yourselves, you will say, truly, the Lord's greatness reaches far beyond Israel's border. Church, when you're paying your tithes, it should always be first. Try paying the government like you would pay your tithes and taxes off the top. The word says here, try cutting the deal with your governor. It won't work. Now, this is pretty straight about the tithing to the father. Don't be mad at me. I, I didn't write this. I'm just giving it to you here and showing you what the word says here in uh, verse 8. When you give blind animals a sacrifice, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. God is clearly jealous over the reaction to the government versus how they react to his house. God says in verse 6, if I'm your father, where is my honor? When the Bible talks about honor, it's talking about money, church. In verse 9, it says, go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should I, he show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 10. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I will not accept your offering. But my name is honored by people of other nations. From morning till night, all around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in, in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Thank you, Father. God is saying, if my church people don't want to follow me, I'll go out and I'll find somebody that will appreciate me. Verse, look at verse 12. But you dishonor my name with your actions by bringing contemptible food and you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. Wow. Look at Matthew 22, verse 21. Caesar's, they replied. When then, he said, give Caesar's what belongs to Caesar and give God what belongs to God. This says, don't be confused about giving Caesar what is his and God's what is his, is what he's talking about. We just read in Leviticus that the tithe is holy unto the Lord. And we just read in Malachi, God says, bring the whole tithe. And then he said, don't treat your government better than you treat me. Then he says here in Matthew, don't be confused between the taxes and the offering. He said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. Give unto God what is his. Next question. Where should the tithe be paid? 
God's money, God's house. The tithe is not yours to lord over and issue out to just anybody. This is God's money. You don't decide the amount. You don't decide the place. God's money, God's house. The book of Malachi says this, bring you all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse so there might be meat in mine house. And this is the order it comes in. From priest to priest to high priest. You are the priest of your home, church. The head of your home, male or female. You as the priest, the government over your house. You bring the tithe to the government of your church, who in turn turns around and worships the great high priest. Church, if you want your house under the blessing, don't cut your blessing off by not tithing. Are you hearing that? Next question. What are the benefits of tithing? One of the inobvious ones is it teaches God's people order and discipline, which is the secret to cash management. See, God blesses areas of your life where you have order. God is not going to bless an area where there is waste and no control. And the inobvious thing when you put God first is now you have to sit down and say, what's next? Church, please hear me. If you don't have order and put your thoughts down, organizing your life and bringing structure in, then you don't have no way for God to bless you. Just buying whatever you want, no plan, no discipline, that's a plan to fail. And church, when you bring your substance under God's authority, then you invite God into your business. I'm telling you, you can have less and do more with it if you listen to me. (laughs) I'm wanting to talk to you people who believe this. There's a lot of people don't believe this. And they're not doing well. Now here's what God will do for the tither. Number one, God says, I will open the windows of heaven if you will, through an act of your will, commit to what God's word says. This is what God will do, number one. And secondly, he, he said, I will pour out you a blessing. And you'll not have room enough to receive it. Just one blessing, church. That's all you need the rest of your life. One woman had pretty hands. And they gave her thousands of dollars in commercials money to show her hands. This is going to date me. But how, many, how much money do you think Tina Turner makes? She was a rock and roll lady that wore tight dresses and low tops and high bottoms. <laughs> and that's back in the day when they wore hose. And she made thousands of dollars from Haynes hose not singing, not dancing. She made thousands of dollars just because of her hands and just because of her legs. Well, here's a thought. 
Colonel Sanders. How about him? He was blessed, was he not? It's a historical fact that he, that he was a tither. He had gone down to nothing. He was on Social Security only, and God blessed him with a chicken uh, menu, or whatever you call it. God said, I will pour you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive it. And Colonel Sanders is dead, and the money's still coming in. A blessing. And you can't find it until you obey, church. You'll waste your life trying everything, but if you'll just obey God, He'll put a, a spotlight on, on that one thing that will release blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. Third, thirdly, God said, I will prevent the pestilent from devouring your crop. And the pestilent represents all of, the in, of your enemies. Number four, God said, I will pre prevent the vines from premature delivery of their fruits. These are the I wills to the tither. If you will, God will. Number five, I will spare them as a father spares a favorite son. In other words, I will spoil you if you'll tithe. I will give you things that, that you didn't even know you desired. God says, either you believe me, or you don't. It's up to you. Yep. Now the blessing is up to us, church. Well, I'm really I'm not done, but I'm going to stop it right there because it's time. One of the greatest things that we ever did is we started tithing. And it, and it didn't look like we could do it. There was no way. God, there was no way. And yet we started obeying God. I said, God, Evidently, you want me broke, and if you want me broke, that's fine with me. I'm going all the way with you. And we've never been broke. We've been hard-pressed sometimes, but that's because of our ignorance. Not stupidity, but ignorance. We're just unaware of some things. And that's the way it is with God's Word. If, when you're unaware, things just don't work out as well. But this is one thing that we can do. And this is just, this is just a, kind of an eye-opener, the tithe. If you're not a tither, let me tell you what a blessing it really is to tithe. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for a blessing. Thank you, Father, for these precious people tonight. Father, I ask that you give them a blessing that is absolutely known to them that it had to be you. And Father, I just praise you tonight for these precious people that came out on Wednesday night to hear the word. Father, I give you praise. We love you tonight, Father. And in Jesus' name, Father, we desire to follow your, your wishes. We desire to follow your plan and your ways, Father. In Jesus' name, we love you tonight. And in Jesus' name, Father, I ask that you protect these people as they go back to their homes protect them as they're on their way back. And I give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen.